Let's get into the Word of God. Does anybody know what we're, uh, what we're talking about right now? Faith. Faith. Okay. So last week we, uh, we started uh, a series on faith. I felt led of the Spirit of God to get into that. Of course, we've said so much about faith over the last 25 years. And, and really, I hadn't talked about it in quite a while, so I feel like the Lord directed me to get back on the subject of faith and uh, and camp on it for a while and say some things about it. Um, uh, a lot of things we're going to talk about concerning faith, the ABCs of faith. You know what I mean when I say ABCs. You know what some of... Has anybody ever heard of Jack Nicklaus, the great golfer, greatest golfer of all time, in my opinion? And do you know what he used to do every season at the beginning of the golf, at the beginning of the golf season, as great as he was... He would get with his teacher, and he would say to his teacher, he'd say, teach me the game of golf again. And he'd go over the grip, the stance, the whole, the lineup, the whole bit. And uh, I think we can learn a lesson from that. You know, uh, a lot of times, you know, I don't know if you're like me, but a lot of times I think I've got a Bible subject mastered, and I just know everything there is to know about it, and and uh, then I come to find out that, that there's more I need to learn. And uh, so it's just good to hear things over and over again. Re- remember this, repetition is the seed of learning, isn't it? Repetition is the seed of learning. So, um, so let's get back into it. And uh, I'll review just a bit from what I said last week. And then we'll get into some new material. Faith is the most important topic in the Bible. Now, God's the most important person in the Bible, but faith is the most important topic in the Bible. Hebrews 11.6 Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. So that right there makes it the most important topic in the Bible, doesn't it? Without faith. You need to know what faith is. You need to know how, how, how it operates. Uh, the Bible says the just shall live by Faith. Faith is something that we shouldn't do just once in a while. It's something that we ought to be doing every day. Not just at church, but every day. Seven days a week, all the time. Living by faith. Uh, Then the Bible goes on to say, He who comes to God must believe that He is and that He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. And remember I told you last week in the New Testament, the word faith and the word believe... They both come from the same Greek word. So when we say faith, we could also say what? Believe. Believe in faith. Believe in faith means the same thing. And of course, we we said you have to have faith to uh, please God. You also need to realize that it takes faith not only to please God, but to receive anything from Him. You can't get saved without faith. The Bible says, for by grace you've been saved through what? Through faith faith. The Bible tells us that we have access into all that God has through faith. It takes faith to access anything that God has for us. Healing, again and again in the ministry of Jesus, when he'd heal somebody, he would say, your faith has made you well. Now, it was his power, but it was the person's faith that tapped in to his power. It takes faith to tap in to the power of God. Uh, we see this with, with provision as well. You need faith to, to tap into the provision that God has for you. The Bible says that, that, that 
this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our what? Even our faith. So if you want to be a world overcomer, you're going to have to live by faith. The Bible says that we're sustained by God through faith. And we looked all these scriptures up last week. Uh, so, so what is faith? What is faith? Oh, I need to remind you of this. Remember, there's, there's something that the Bible calls fake faith. It looks like faith. It acts like faith. It talks like faith. But it really isn't. It's, it's called a feigned faith or a fake faith. This is one reason that Christians a lot of times don't receive from God. They think they're in faith. They're, they're saying all the right things and maybe even doing all the right things, but they're not, they're not, they're not tapping the power of God because they're in what's called a, a, a fake or a feigned. The King James calls it a feigned faith or a fake faith. And really what, what it is, it's a mental ascent. It's a mental ascent. And uh, uh, faith is not mental ascent. Uh, you need to realize that. Faith means, what is faith? It means to trust God. To trust God. Uh, remember uh, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever, what? believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And you read that in, in most versions and it says, it says believe. And again, believe and faith are interchangeable, correct? But if you look that word up in, or you read the Amplified Classic Bible, how many of you use the Amplified? Anybody use the Amplified? But John 3.16, the Amplified, it, it, it takes that word believe and it amplifies it and it means to trust or to cling or to rely upon. So, you see, for, uh, for God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever trusts in Him. It's not just believing that Jesus exists that saves you. It's trusting in Him that saves you. Notice Hebrews 11.1 1, in the King James. This is all review. That's why I'm going a little quick with it. Hebrews 11.1, 1, King James Version. And of course, if you want to get the whole message, you can go to our website and get it for free on there under Pastor's Messages. Now, faith, Hebrews 11, 1, King James Version. I usually use the New King James, but sometimes uh, we look at some of these others. It, it helps us. Now, faith, when is faith? Faith is when? It's always now. It's always now. It's always now. Faith, it's in the present. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Remember, hope is a future thing. Hope is a confident expectation. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The evidence of things not seen. But again, let's put this up in the Amplified version on the screen, Hebrews 11.1, 1, it'll help us. Faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed. Faith is a title deed. You know what a deed is, don't you? You have how many of you have a deed to your car or a deed to your house? You know that means you own it. You have it. You have it now. You see, you own it now. Faith is the title deed of things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see, and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Amen? Now, I read this. I read this off my notes. Let, let's read it off here. Faith is the assurance of the, the confirm, title deed of things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see, the conviction 
The reality, faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Faith perceives as real fact what's not revealed to the senses. Faith perceives as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. So you see, uh, faith doesn't depend on what you see or what you feel or these sorts of things. Is that right? Faith, and this see, this will get you in trouble with the world. The world will think you're crazy. They'll think you're funny. You start living by faith. Because you see, the way the world works is you have to see it to believe it. But in the kingdom of God, you, what, you believe it and then you see it. Works just backwards. Actually, the world is just backwards from the way God operates. I said the world is just backward from the way God operates. In the world, you have to, what, see it to believe it. But in the kingdom of God, you, you believe it and then what, you See it. Didn't Jesus say whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. So in the kingdom of God, you believe first and see later. But with the world, you have to see it to believe it. The world is just backwards from the way God operates. And you have to realize that if you're going to live by faith, The world is going to make fun of you. They're going to think you're crazy. You need to understand that. And frankly, a lot of Christians are going to think you're crazy if you really start living by by Bible faith. And they'll think you're crazy until you start getting results and receiving from God. Then they won't think you're crazy anymore. Then they're going to want in on what you've got, you see. You understand that? All right. Now, also, let me say this. Hope is when? Hope is future, isn't it? And faith is what? Now. now. So, so the way this works is, is uh, and I believe we ought to get our hopes up for things. We ought to have hope. Hope. Like, like uh, I pick a subject, healing, finances, whatever it is. Uh, if you have a, a physical need in your body, okay? And I believe in good hospitals, good doctors, good medicines. Don't misunderstand me. I believe in those. I take advantage of those. All right. I just think we ought to turn to God first before we turn to the doctor. But if you have a physical need in your body, and I'm all for using good hospitals, doctors, and medicines. I think God put them there. But here's how this operates. If you have a physical need in your body, all right, you have hope to be healed, don't you? Hope says, I'm going to be healed. What does faith do? Faith says, I'm healed now. Okay? You got that? It's your title deed to your healing. Now, folks, that's just the way it operates, right? When is faith? It's now. When do you have the thing you desire from God? You have it now. And you see it when? You see it later. Now, sometimes you see it almost instantaneously. Now, I know we've prayed for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people over the years up here. And, and, and we've seen so many people healed by the power of God. So many times, so many times, we've, heal, we, we've prayed for folk. Now, you know I can't heal anybody. I'm not the healer. But you know Jesus is in the healing business. He still is. And we've prayed for hundreds of people over the many years. And there's times that we, we've, we've prayed for folk and they got their manifestation or their healing right on the spot. Those are really fun. Those are really fun. 
But some of the greatest healing testimonies we've gotten where people have, have come back, and when I pray for folk, particularly if it's something that is, is life-threatening, I, I, we pray, we believe, and then I send them to the doctor. I said, go, go, let's work in conjunction with the doctors. How many of you think that's a good idea? But, 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 but I, I've, I've prayed for them, and uh, when I prayed for them, we believed we received, but they didn't look any different. I didn't feel anything. I didn't feel any goose pimples or nothing like that. And they leave looking no different than when they came in. But we've had them come back already. I know the one lady came running in. Hey, Pastor Terry. And she had a report, an x-ray from the, from the, the doctors. This is like, like two weeks after we prayed. Totally healed, you see. So, so, so as you're operating with God, when do you believe you receive? You believe you receive... Now, and, and when do you see the manifestation? Later. Now, that later could be two seconds. It could be two weeks. I'm believing God for things. I've been, been believing Him for Him for years. I'm still standing in faith. You know how, how long I'm going to stand in faith? Till the devil leaves. If you want to be victorious, you stay till the devil leaves. Did you get that? I had a man of God tell me that years ago, and it's a good thing. You just, you just stick with it. You keep believing God. I can't think of anything better to do than to believe God. When I say believe, I'm also, what, what's that interchangeable word with believe? Faith. 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 Having faith. It means to trust God. Now, um, oh, here's a good one. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. And Karen, I may get off the notes here, here a little bit. It's our projectionist. Sometimes I give her the scriptures and... It's okay if we skip around a little bit, isn't it? As the Spirit would lead and direct. So she'll stay up with me. But look at 2 Corinthians 5, 7. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. This is a good one to look at. What, we walk by what? We walk by what? Not by? I mean, now really, won't that, won't, won't that get you in trouble with the world system? Out there in the world, they're walking by sight, aren't they? And the world lays in darkness, doesn't it? No wonder everybody's stumbling all over the place. If you want to quit stumbling, start or stop walking by sight. I'm talking spiritually now. And walk by what? Faith. Walk by what? Faith. Walk by faith. Walk by faith. Doesn't the Bible say we walk by faith, not by sight? Just going over with you what faith is. Now, that's the end of the review. Let's pick up, and, and let's, let's real quick go to Romans 4. A person in faith is a person who is fully persuaded, fully convinced. Has anybody ever heard of Abraham? His name was first Abram, and then it was changed to Abraham. God changed his name. I'll say a little bit more about that in a moment. But notice here in Romans 4 verse 19, and, and we're going to come back in a few weeks and delve in on Abraham and look at him. He's known in the Bible as the father of faith. If you want to really know what Bible faith is, look at Abraham. And you'll see what real Bible faith is. And we'll look at that in a couple of weeks. Look at him. Probably take a whole session on him. But for now, a person in faith, 
True Bible faith is a person who is fully persuaded or fully convinced. Notice Romans 4.19 says of Abraham, not being weak in faith. Did you know you can be weak in faith? You can be strong in faith, right? And remember what I told you last week, you won't really know if you're in faith until there's pressure on you. That's when we find out whether you or I are really in Bible faith is when pressure gets on us. The Bible says that each man has, each woman, each man has been dealt the measure of faith. How do we strengthen our faith? We strengthen it through exercise. Remember I gave you that example last week. All right. But he was not weak in faith, Romans 4.19. He did not consider his own body. Think about that. He did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old nor the deadness of his wife Sarah's womb. See, she was barren when she was a young lady. And now she's 90 years old and God's promising them, them, promising them they're going to have a child. Wouldn't you think that to be something if you were 100 and your wife was 90 and you couldn't have children when she was 20 and now God's saying you're going to have a child? Think about that. Something, isn't it? With God, all things are possible. Is that right? But he wasn't weak in faith. See, God promised him he was going to have a child, promised him he was going to be the father of many nations. And he wasn't weak in faith. Now, now let me just throw this in. Before we, if you go back, and we'll do this in a couple weeks when we, when we look at Abraham, there were times he did vacillate some. Did you know he was just as human as you or I? Have you ever vacillated some? You know what I mean when I say vacillated? I mean... You know, God promised you something. You see something in the Word of God that you vacillate a little bit. But he finally got to a point where he wasn't weak in faith and he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old nor the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver. You ought to, if, if you're a note taker or you mark, mark in your Bible, which is a good thing to do, you highlight he did not waver, did not waver. See, somebody that's in Bible faith is not a waverer. He did not waver at the promise of God. And that promise was that he would be the father of many nations. Now, when God made him that promise, again, his wife was barren and uh, he was childless. And of course, you know, his wife sent Hagar in and they had Ishmael and all of that. But, but that, wasn't, that wasn't the promise. The, the promise was is that he was going to have a child through his wife, Sarah. And he got to the point where he did not waver. See, somebody that's in real Bible faith is not a waverer. Has anybody ever wavered besides me? Um. <laughs> uh, how many remembers Peter? You remember Peter? He walked on the water. Does it take faith to walk on the water? But just that quick, he began to sink, didn't he? Can you be in faith one moment and out of it the next? Yeah. And could you be out of faith and then get right back in it? Absolutely. Absolutely. But somebody that's in real Bible faith will not waver at the promise of God 
through unbelief, notice he did not, verse 20, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being, here, here we go, being fully convinced. The King James says fully persuaded, fully convinced, fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was also able to perform. See, that's somebody that's in real Bible faith. They're fully convinced. They're fully persuaded. The best example of this I know, and I've told you this before, but I'll tell you again. Uh, this fellow that was up at Niagara Falls. Have you ever been, anybody ever been to Niagara Falls? And there's that Horseshoe Falls, and I, my wife and I were there many years ago. And uh, boy, I tell you what, they put us up in that, that one building there. I was up on about the, about the 47th floor. I don't know, it was way up there. And I'm not fond of heights. And we, we, we went in there, and, that, and the, the hotel rooms, they're all the walls, the, the far wall. You know how usually there'll be one window? But this baby had the whole thing. The whole wall was a big, thick plexiglass window, you know? And I walked in the room. I got three steps in, and you could see that. And I mean, I got down on my knees, and I, and I crawled over to the window and, and, and held on to things, you know. And, and I made Diane sleep on that side of the bed at night. I stayed over, I stayed over, I stayed over on this side. <laughs> and, I, and then we were there for a couple of days, and I kept saying, Diane, can, can we radio, radio, can we, call, can, we call, can we call down and get a lower room on a lower floor? She said, no, no, they'll think you're a sissy. They'll think you're, you know. And so, so I said, I said, can we radio? Why don't I just keep saying radio down? Let's call down and get a lower room, a lower room. You know, maybe, maybe the 10th floor, the 8th floor. You still see the falls, you know. And, uh, and no, they'll think, they'll, think you're, they'll think you're a sissy. And so anyway, when we were checking out, we were checking out and the lady standing there checking us out. And I said, ma'am, can I, can I ask you a question? She said, sure, ask whatever you want. I said, do you ever have anybody? And before I could finish that, she said, I said, do you ever have anybody? And she says, call down and ask for a lower room. I, I said, she said, all the time. You know, so, so, you know, that's funny. So anyway, but fully persuaded. So there's a tightrope across Niagara Falls. And there's this fellow that's got a wheelbarrow and he's pushing this wheelbarrow back and forth across the falls. And there's this fellow down here that's watching him do that. And this guy does this 99 times he, and doesn't fall in. And this fellow's over here watching him, talking about fully persuaded. So finally the guy with the wheelbarrow, he comes down, he goes over to the guy that's been watching him and he says, he says, uh, he says uh, do you think I can go across that falls one more time without falling in? And the guy instantly says, absolutely. I've seen you do it 99 times. Absolutely. And so the guy pushing the wheelbarrow said, come on, jump in. Let's go. Now you see right there we find out if you're fully persuaded. If you're fully convinced. Did you get that example? Now, I say this, I'm not getting in that wheelbarrow unless Jesus is pushing it. Now, if he's pushing it, I'll get in. But Did you know Abraham, and we'll look at this in a couple weeks, he, he was so fully persuaded that he was willing, now think about, we talk about Bible faith. He was so willing 
to do what God said for him to do, and, and he believed God, and he had faith, to the point that he laid his own son, Isaac, on the altar at the direction of the Lord, and he raised his knife, didn't he? Now, I'm not telling you to do this with your children. Don't, don't, don't. don't. But I'm telling you, this is what God asked him to do. Is that right? Is that being fully persuaded? See, we talk about Bible faith and we wonder sometimes why we don't receive from God as we, as we think we should. But are we fully persuaded? Are we all in? Are we ready to get in the wheelbarrow? Notice James 1 verse 5 says this. If any of you lacks wisdom, James 1.5, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach and it will be given to him. But let him ask in what? In in faith with no doubting. And actually I think King James says with nothing wavering. For he who doubts or wavers is like the wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Let not that man suppose he'll receive anything from the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. See, what am I trying to get across to you? Somebody that's in real Bible faith, there's no wavering. You're sold out. You're completely in. You're all in. And see, by the way, you can't get your prayers answered unless you ask in what? In faith. No wavering, no doubting. Fully convinced, fully persuaded. Now, just following my notes here, faith is a matter of the heart. It's a matter of the heart. It must be in your heart, not in your head. Talking about faith. Faith, it, it, it's, it's a spiritual thing. It's, it's not a matter of your head. It's a matter of your, what? Your heart. Heart. It's a matter of your heart. Um, I think about my mom. Um, the last years of her life, she was bothered with dementia. And uh, she's a believer. She had received Jesus into her heart before that ever hit her. And uh, I mean, she'd get so jumbled up but she never got jumbled up concerning her faith in the Lord. And I'd speak with her about the Lord, talked a lot about him before the dementia hit her. She, she loved the Lord, received him. But that dementia hit her, and she just so scrambled on things. But she was never scrambled concerning her faith in Jesus. Because I'd talk to her about it about him. The last thing she told me about the Lord is she, before she went to heaven five years ago is that she loved the Lord. After she went to heaven, I was contemplating. You know how you'll talk to the Lord sometimes? You just, just in thought. You know, he can hear your thoughts. And, and I was driving along. I know right where I was, I was driving up to the church coming up from the gas station area, coming up just right before I got to the entryway. And I was, I was contemplating, Lord, that dementia never affected her faith in you. She was so scrambled on everything else, but it never affected her faith in you. And, you know, the Lord will speak to you. 
right on the inside. I didn't hear an audible voice, but right on the inside. Just you, How many of you know when the Holy Ghost speaks up? I mean, just, just, just so real. I know right where I was, right? Right coming up through that dip there in my car by myself. Just so real. And, 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 and I was, you know, Lord, dementia never, never, never affected her faith. And just, just like that, the Lord said to me, he said, that's because her faith wasn't in her head, it was in her heart. That's where you want it to be. Isn't that something? Here's something else you can write down and chew on this next one here. I'm still chewing on it, but I think I'll share it with you. I don't th- think it'll confuse you. I think you can handle it. I believe it's possible to have faith in your heart with doubt in your head. You okay with that? You might need to chew on that one. I said I believe that it's possible to have faith in your heart with doubt in your head. And then here's something I wrote down that that, that I I think is good, but chew on it. Don't accept anything just because I say it. Check it out in the Bible. And if, if what I say doesn't line up with the Bible, throw what I say out, okay? But here's something I wrote down. This is interesting. Faith in your head... With doubt in your heart is mental assent. You okay with that? Faith in your head with doubt in your heart is just mental assent. It's a fake faith. But watch this. Faith in your heart with doubt in your head just means you're human. I'll say it again. Faith in your head with doubt in your heart is just mental assent. That's just mental, that's that fake faith. But faith in your heart with doubt in your head just means you're human. I think we ought to talk about this because what, what, what has happened in the, the word of faith movement over, the Bible talks about we preach the word of faith. You know, I mean, we need to be preaching the word of faith. I do that. But there was something known as the Word of Faith movement that started in the 70s and, and, and lots of good things in it. A lot of good things. But one thing that, that, that just my observation that, that wasn't so good about it was that it left people feeling substandard if they ever had, had vacillated a little in their head. And made, they were made to feel substandard if... We're human, friends. We're human. And, and, and I'll, I'll just admit it. I mean, there's been times I believe in God on things. I really am to the best of my ability. I'm believing God. But my, my head's driving me nuts on it. I mean, just being honest with you. Have any of you ever dealt with that? And much to my amazement, yeah, much to my amazement, the thing would come through. I'd get the answer and I'm wondering how did that ever happen because I knew I was doubting up here, but I was believing here. When I said, yeah, just a moment ago, I feel like the Lord gave me an example. You can see if it fits here. 
do you remember when Peter was in prison in the book of Acts? And remember the whole church was praying for him? Yes or no? And, and, and Peter was supernaturally released. Is that right? And he comes over to the prayer meeting where they are praying for him to get released. And, and he comes up and knocks on the door. And they won't, don't want to let him in. And the little girl goes and gets and said, Peter's at the door. And they say, that can't be. That can't be. Yes or no? Huh? So that proves what I'm trying to tell you, I think, doesn't it? They were believing in their hearts, but when they were what? Doubting in their... Is that okay? Now, ideally, we want to believe in our heart, believe in our head. That's wonderful, but we're all human, aren't we? And I'm not saying it's okay to doubt. I'm just saying we're human. We ought to talk about these things. and It'd be helpful to us. Mark 5, let's go there. Let's talk about the woman in the time I have left. Mark 5, a certain, verse 25. This is the woman with the issue of blood. A certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. It's a long time to bleed. You've got to put yourself in her position. Every time she lays down, sits down, she's in a puddle of blood. This was, a, from my study of it, it was a, a menstrual type of a bleeding. Think about that. Now, I can't prove that, but from my study of it, that's what it appears to be. So, that's my thoughts on it. But that, that'd be terrible. I think bleeding for 12 seconds is too long. Think about 12 years. She'd suffered many things from many physicians. Spent all that she had was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, we're talking about Bible faith. And this is the process of faith. This, this story perhaps shows, best of all, how faith actually operates. A certain woman had the flow of blood 12 years and all of that. Notice verse 27. When she heard about Jesus. She heard about Jesus. The process of faith. The process of faith. The process of faith. She heard about Jesus. What does Romans 10, 17 Tell us, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The process of faith. She heard about Jesus. Isn't Jesus the word made flesh? He's the second member of the Trinity. He's the son of the living God. Is that right? And she, what did she hear? That he's healing people. That, that's, that, that fits, doesn't it? He's healing people. He's healing people. So she hears about Jesus. Okay, she hears about Jesus, so faith comes. Faith comes. But don't ever forget this, whenever you hear the word of God, you, you stand at a crossroads. Now listen, when you hear the word of God, you stand at a crossroads. Right now, you're standing at a crossroads. Anytime the word of God is preached, you stand at a crossroads. Because faith presents itself when you hear the word of God, but the Bible says also that Satan comes immediately right and and I think it's worth taking a little time just just briefly here to look at Matthew 13 19 Matthew 13 19 says when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it then the wicked one comes and snatches away the word that was sown in his heart just a quick reading of that leaves you to think that when you hear the word of God you have no chance the devil's going to come steal it but that's not what Jesus said there 
when you study into this and does not understand it, what, what he's saying here is when somebody hears the word of God and they don't pay any attention to it. They don't give it any esteem. They don't, they don't think on it. They don't meditate on it. They, don't, they, they just hear it and then they, you know, they leave and let's go to lunch and that's the end of it. See, if you, if, you, uh, if you hear the word of God and you don't pay heed to it, you don't try to grab a hold of it, then the devil can come and grab it from you. But when you hear the word of God, if you'll pay full attention to it, hang on it, you, you get what I'm saying? Study your notes after the service, later on Sunday, through the week, whatever the case, then Satan can't steal the word. And now you're in a position to be in faith. Did you get that? You need to realize that. Anytime you hear the word of God, you stand at that crossroads. You're either going to let the devil steal the word or you're going to believe it and be in faith. Are you okay? Are you okay? So she what? She heard the word, didn't she? She heard about Jesus. Now, now before, before we go on with this, th- th- this is worth coming for just today just to get what I'm going to tell you right now. Most, most people, I don't think, realize fully what we're about to say to you. You need to get a hold of this. Now, we're all familiar in James 2.20 that faith without works is what? Dead. Faith without corresponding action is what? It's dead, isn't it? Absolutely. Now, Here's what, if you're taking notes, write this down. Now, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. But faith must be activated. And you activate your faith through words and our actions. It's like having a firecracker. We just passed the 4th of July. Anybody ever have a firecracker? A stick of dynamite? No, has anybody ever had a stick of dynamite? No, no, no. You know, I went to a firecracker stand this last year, first time I'd been in one in probably a decade or more, and I walked in there, I couldn't believe the kind of things they're selling in them firework, firecracker stand. Everything, you blow up your house with some of that stuff, you know? But have you ever had a firecracker? You have a firecracker, so what? It's not going to blow up until you activate it, Correct? Yes or no? Yes. Stick of dynamite, whatever. You have a stick of dynamite, but it's not going to go off until you what? Until you activate it. Do you know that people hear the word of God, they have faith, and they still never receive from God? Because they don't activate their faith. I'll give you proof here as we go. Faith without corresponding action is dead. Faith must be activated. People hear the word of God. Now listen, they hear the word of God. They believe it. They're in faith. But yet they don't receive from God. Why? Because their faith has to be what? It has to be activated. Now faith is... Now if you want to know how to activate it, let me tell you. It's very simple. You activate faith through words and or actions. You okay? Now let's look and see what this woman did here in Mark 5 now. Verse uh, 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 27. We'll finish the verse now. First part of it said she heard about Jesus. 
So you hear about Jesus, faith presents itself. I'm convinced this lady believed, but if she would have just believed, now think about this. She's at home, she hears about Jesus, somebody tells her about Jesus, she has faith. But if she would have stopped right there, it makes perfect sense. If she would have stopped right there and never left her house, she'd have kept bleeding, wouldn't she? Had she heard of Jesus? Yeah. Did she, did she, did she believe? I think it's clear he's going to say later it's her faith. But if she'd have stayed home, she'd have kept on bleeding. Yes or no? So what did she, what, what happens here? Let's read the rest of verse 27. We'll see she's, she starts activating her faith. She came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment for she said. So what did she do? She said something and she did something. You okay? But think about it. If she'd have just heard and stayed home, even though she believed, she'd have, she'd have kept on bleeding. Would have never been healed. Faith has to be activated. It's activated through words and our actions. She came behind him in the crowd, touched his garment, for she said. She said. See, faith says something. There, there's a confession part to faith. Please get this. There's a confession part to it. The Bible, and Karen, for the sake of time, we, we won't look all these up, but I'll just quote them. But Hebrews 10.23 says, Let us hold fast to, to the profession of our faith. Romans 10 and 9 says, Listen, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God's raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Even with salvation... You hear about, you hear the gospel message, you hear Billy Graham preach a great gospel message, you believe on Jesus with your heart, but yet the Bible says you have to what? Confess with your, you have to release that faith, right? The Bible talks, in, 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 again we don't have to turn there, but it's in John, I think the 12th chapter, about the ruler's the religious rulers says many of them believed on Jesus. But they refused to confess him. Fearing they'd be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. See, they believed, but they refused to confess. They refused to confess. They, they wouldn't activate their faith. Doesn't the Bible say, Romans 10 and 9... That if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart, see? Where again, where do you have to believe? In your head or your heart? In your heart. But even though you're believing in your heart, you have to, you have to light that firecracker, so to speak. You have to release your faith and to get saved. Did you ever notice there's no action you can do to get saved? Only words. That's the only thing you can do. Because we're saved by His grace. We believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, but we have to what? We have to activate that through our confessing, right? Yes or no? Okay, so we have to activate our faith. That's what this woman is doing. She's activating her faith. Didn't Didn't Jesus say this? He said, whoever says to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe that the things he says will come to pass, he'll have whatever he says. See, there's a confession side to faith. Now, I realize that, a, that people have made a God out of 
confession and, and you, you, know, you can teach it wrong and you can get into the name it and claim it and the blab it and the grab it and all that. And I don't, I, but, but a lot of the, where, where, where the falsehood comes in is when people are saying things and they're not believing in their heart, see? You got you to believe in your heart and then speak it with your mouth. And when you speak it with your mouth, you're releasing your faith. You okay? She said, and then of course she did something. What did she do? She came and she... What did she do? She, she, what did she do? She, come on, you know the story. What did she do? She touched. She touched. Did she say something? Did she do something? Did she say something? Did she do something? Remember this, faith calls those things that be not as though they are. Is that right? Again, you start living like that, people are going to think you're crazy, but that's how faith operates. I'm going to take a whole session and talk about our confession later on. I think, think it would be good to look at, but I'm just kind of highlighting some things here. But can you see there's a confession side to faith? And that's, and that's one of the ways we release our faith is through our confession coming out of our mouth, what we say, and then what we do. And notice when she touched his garment, this is Mark 5, 29, she touches. So she hears, she believes... She didn't let the devil steal the word. Right? She believed. It's clear. And then she said something. If I may touch but his garment, I shall be made whole. And then she goes and she touches. And, and watch this. The instant she touches, look at verse 29. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up. She felt in her body she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him. Now, she tapped the power, didn't she? Now, that's what we want to do is tap that power. You've got to tap the power. We've got to tap the power. And he turned around the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? His disciples said to him, See the multitude thronging you and say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see her, who, see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, thy what? Thy what? Thy what? Thy faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Isn't that wonderful? Yes. It was her faith. It was his power, but it was her faith. And her faith tapped the power. Where did it start? It started with the process of faith. Where she heard, she clearly believed, but she didn't stop there. She activated, she released it through her words and her actions. And that's what tapped the power. And instantly... She was healed. Let me give you another example of this. You're, I can tell you're hungry this morning, so let me, let me feed you just a little more before, I do, before we, we close. Look at Acts 14, verse 8. Acts 14, verse 8. Another example of this. Are you all getting anything out of this? I, I, I trust that you are. In Lystra, Acts 14, 8, In Lystra, a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting, a cripple from his mother's womb who had never walked. Now watch this. This man heard Paul speaking. So is this man hearing? Yes. And obviously Paul must have been, I, I can't tell you exactly what he was preaching on, but this guy was crippled. This guy needs to hear a message on healing. And you, we know Paul was all about healing, wasn't he? Salvation first and healing. He, he, and this man heard Paul speaking. Now watch this. Paul observing him intently and seeing. Now watch it, Seeing that he had faith to be healed. Now stop right there. Don't read on. Stop right there. This man's crippled. Did he hear the word? Did he have faith to be healed? Is he still just as crippled as he ever was? I think we ought to think on that for just a minute. 
Did he hear the word? Did he have faith to be healed? Is he still just as crippled as he ever was? So is it possible to hear the word, have faith, and still haven't received from God? Absolutely. Because faith has to be what? Activated. Now watch this. Now we go to verse 10. And Paul says with a loud voice. I wonder why he used a loud voice. I wonder why. I think it's because this man needed somebody to give him a little, you know, and get this guy to release his faith. Because he had the faith, it needs to be released. Paul says with a loud voice, stand straight up on your feet. And what happens? Immediately this guy, what? He leaps and he walks. And some, sometimes you need a man of God to kind of help you along with a little friendly boost in the, boost in, I call it a boost in the backside. What do you say? Did you get what, what, what just happened there with this woman and with this guy? They both heard, they both believed, but they're still just as sick as they ever were. You got to release it. You got to release it. Now, um, let's go back to Mark 5 and, and we'll close there because uh, I don't want to cover this next week. I want to get it now while, you're, while we're right here and then we'll, then we'll leave Mark 5 and we'll pick up with something next week. Does anybody know what happened before the woman with the issue of blood came along, there was somebody that was asking Jesus to do something. Jairus. Okay, so real quickly, and we'll stop here. Mark 5, verse 21. When Jesus had crossed over again by the boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, My little girl lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Are you okay? Now let's go to verse 35. While he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house and said, Your daughter's dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? Verse 36. Because the woman with the issue of blood was in the middle there. Verse 36. As soon as, as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not be afraid, only what? Believe. And what's another word for believe? Faith. Have faith. And that's the time to have it, isn't it? Now watch this. And he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John. Now, the reason I'm covering this right now is, is, is I want to leave you with this thought. He didn't let his other nine disciples go along, did he? I'm convinced the reason is, do you remember when Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration and he came down from the mountain and there was that boy that was mute or whatever it was and, and the other nine disciples were trying to get that boy healed and they couldn't and Jesus chewed him out, if you will, because of their unbelief? What am I trying to say? You need to keep yourself surrounded with people that have faith and that people that are, their faith is positive. If you're needing to receive something from God, you're in a dire situation. This guy's in a dire situation. You don't need to be around a bunch of down-in-the-mouth people. Now, I don't mean that to be ugly, but it's the truth. Yes or no? They're going to they're, they're pull your... You know, people can pull your faith down and weight your faith down. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't love those people. We ought to love them, all of that. You understand that? I'm not talking about... I'm talking about... This guy's got his daughter's... Laying it, she's dead. 
Now, did some of you just shut me off right there? I'm not saying we need to be rude to people or avoid people or anything like that, but when, when you're in a dire situation, you need, to, you need faith to be activated. The last thing you need to, to be is, is around people that are, oh, woe is me, you never know what God's going to do. I know he may just be willing to heal you this time, maybe. You've you got, you got to put all that stuff out. Yes or no? Yes. Now, watch this. So... Verse 38, they came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, saw the tumult, and those who wept and wailed loudly. And he came, Jesus came in and said, why are you making this commotion and weep? The child's not dead, but sleeping. Now let's stop right there. The child's not dead, but what? Now we know the child's dead. This is a confession of faith. Jesus is calling those things that be not as though they were. Do you see faith all over this? Jesus lived by faith all the time, from the time he was born all the way through. How do we know that? Because it takes faith to please God. And when he was baptized, the father said, this is my son in whom I am what? Well, pleased. Right? And notice, now watch this, verse 40. When he said the child's not dead but sleeping, notice what they did. They ridiculed him. Didn't I tell you a while ago, you start living by faith, you're going to get ridiculed by the world? And the King James says they laughed him to scorn. They were making fun of him. But when he had put them all outside, do you see what Jesus did? He had to put these doubters and unbelievers outside. Did you know Jesus sometimes had to take people aside from the crowd to get them them healed? Did you realize that? A crowd can make all the difference. You people are full of faith. I appreciate that. I've preached in front of some crowds that there's no faith in it. You know, it's hard to preach in a place like that. He put them out and took the father and the mother of the child. Those who were with him entered where the child was laying. He took the child by the hand and said, said, little girl, I said to you, arise. Immediately the girl woke up. She was healed. It's wonderful. And you can read the rest of the story. What am I saying? We have to hear the word of God. We have to believe it. We have to release it through our words and actions. And we have to be careful that we don't surround ourselves, particularly if you're in a position where you really, I mean, you really, you've got a dire situation. You really can't have people around you that are down in the mouth. And You okay? Yes. Did you get anything out of this? Oh, yeah. yes. well, all right, time to quit. Let's stand, stand with me if you would. Let's just bow our heads and of course we have some folk up here standing in the front. If you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior, you know the Bible says in the book of Hebrews, the 11th chapter, it talks about people dying in faith. Well, you know what? When you die, now I, I, I know the Lord's coming. He's going to descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, the trumpet of God. The dead in Christ will rise first. We who are alive and remain will be caught up to meet them in the clouds and so forth. I believe that. The Bible teaches that in the Thessalonians. But if he doesn't come in our lifetimes, the Bible, our lifetime, the Bible also says it's appointed unto men once to die. Right? Men and women, human beings. And after this, the judgment. So when you do die, and and I believe 
we can extend our life by the way we live and doesn't the Bible say honor your father and mother that your life might be long on the earth is that right we can do things to extend our life I'm shooting for 120 how about you I'm 55 now I know I don't look a day over 30 but 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 when you do die and by the way you don't go out on the devil's terms you go out on when you're satisfied yes or no I could teach hours on that but when you do die it's important that you die in faith yes or no faith in Jesus so if you're here today and you've never placed your faith in the Lord Jesus you've never received him as your savior when I dismiss I want you to walk up here to the front get with one of these nice people and they'll introduce you to him and you can receive him as your savior by faith instantly he'll come into your heart he'll make you a new person you get born again you'll miss hell you'll make heaven and he'll make your life worth living in the meantime so if that's you you do that when we dismiss otherwise if you have any other prayer need or whatever you can come up pray with these nice people I'll be at the door greeting you can come to me I'll be happy to pray with you but that being said Father I thank you for your goodness and mercy and I trust that The word that we've taught here today will not return void, but will accomplish what it's been sent forth to do. And the people who have heard it, we all stand, sir, at that crossroads. And we refuse to allow the devil to steal it from us, but we've heard it, we believe it, and now we'll act on it in our daily lives. And we'll live by faith so that we're pleasing to you. Thank you for it. In Jesus' precious holy name we pray. And all of God's people that agreed with that real loud said, Amen. Amen. Now greet a couple of people, love on one another, and we'll see you next time. You're dismissed.